Or that all right back in the book of Malachi, and uh, we, um, uh, I know myself personally, uh, I read books uh, and I try to um, learn things about negotiating. Right, uh, negotiating uh, is a uh, tool uh, that uh, we all need to. Uh, you know, wield from time to time, whether you're, you know, at a marketplace trying to haggle over a few apples uh, or at a car dealership uh, buying a new car uh, or, um, you know, uh, trying to decide where you're going to go for dinner today uh, after church. <laughs> uh, your wife wants to go to one place and you want to go to another place. Uh, there's some negotiating uh, that uh, will take place. Uh, so there are things that you can learn about that. There are people who think they're really good negotiators. Uh, they never pay full price for anything. Uh, and they'll and they wear it as a badge of honor, uh, and uh, and uh, and I uh, I don't I don't claim to be that good, uh, but I feel like I'm pretty good at negotiating, uh, so I will uh, I will learn. In fact, when we uh, were uh, working on the stuff next door, uh, let's say the electrical uh, side of it, um, uh, brother uh, Keck was going to be helping us, uh, and we we're at first we we're going to move a few circuits and uh, add a couple things and here and there, and uh, so I went down to Pierce County. Uh, and uh, I asked for a permit uh, to do the electrical work. Uh, and for you to be able to do that uh, for your own home, uh, you have to get a permit. It has to be owner-occupied for 11 months out of the year. Uh, well, um, our missions house is not uh, a normal thing, and so it's not an owner-occupied deal. Uh, and uh, and so, uh, so I had just read a book uh, about negotiating, and, uh, and so I thought, I'm going to give this a try. And, uh, and so there's things that you do. So when somebody tells you no, uh, so they're saying, well, they said, Mr. Reno, uh, we can't give you that permit uh, um, because, because the place is not going to be owner-occupied for 11 months out of the year. And here's what I, here's what I did. Uh, I, said, I said this, uh, it seems like um, uh, you don't want me to find a solution. And, uh, and she, was, she didn't know what to do. Uh, and that was the whole point. Uh, it was, it's not asking yes or no questions, it's, it's asking leading questions, uh, and it has to make them to elaborate, because certainly she doesn't want Pastor Reno to not find a solution uh, for its thing. I says, it seems like you don't want me to find a solution. Uh, she says, well, it's not, it's not about that. I says, well, what is it? Uh, she says, well, we just don't do that. I said, uh, there, you know, it seems like there's nobody here that might be able to, and I just, I'm, I'm pulling out all the stops. Long story short, she gave us the permit for $89. Uh, they gave us an exemption to that, and we got the permit. And, uh, and later on, uh, he had uh, Brother Buddy tour and everything. He basically put all new service in there. When I called for the inspection, I told the inspector, I said, I said we shouldn't have had the permit we had, uh, and we have started from scratch. I said, you're going to have to give us a fine uh, or whatever. Uh, and he goes, we'll see when we get there. Uh, and he just loved it and signed off on it, and it was a, it was a blessing. And, uh, and God really, uh, so I, 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 I learned from the book what to do. I put it into practice uh, and negotiated something that I shouldn't have gotten uh, simply by utilizing those tools of negotiation. Um, but I'll do that uh, with, uh, you know, an employee at the counter at Tacoma Power. Uh, but I'm not going to do that with God. Uh, as good a negotiator as you think you are, um, you, you'll never win a negotiation with the Lord. Now, God, there's, there's things that we're supposed to be, uh, have opportunity in prayer, uh, or importunity, rather, where we pray and we, can, we ask and seek and knock. And, uh, and, but I don't believe that that just means that we bug God till he gives us what we want. 
Um, and the Bible does say that we're to come reason together, uh, saith the Lord. Uh, and God does want us to uh, communicate and to dialogue. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, for one, I can't, God, God knows every word in that book I read on negotiation. All right, because he knows everything. Uh, and uh, and, and, and some of you, if I was to, to come and talk to you about whatever, negotiate, you're going to say, that's from that book, isn't it? God would call me on that quicker than you would ever call me on it because I can't, we can't negotiate uh, with him, especially negotiating our way out of, uh, out of things. Uh, in Isaiah chapter number 45, if you'll turn there, and we'll be back in, in uh, the book of Malachi. Uh, and, but I just want to point out just a couple of quick things by way of introduction. And again, why this message is going to take two parts to it uh, is because we need to build a foundation uh, to the principles that I want you to get from uh, the book of Malachi. And uh, Isaiah in chapter number 45 and verse number 9, the Bible says this, it says, Woe unto him that striveth with his maker. Um, we're not going to win uh, in a battle against God. Uh, in striving against him. It says, let the potsherds strive with the potsherds of the earth. Shall the clay say to him that fashioneth it, what makest thou or thy work? He hath no, uh, he hath no hands. Woe unto him that saith unto his father, what begettest thou or to the woman, uh, what hast thou brought forth? Uh, Thus saith the Lord, the Holy One of Israel and his maker, ask me of things to come concerning my sons and concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. I have made the earth and created man upon it. I, even my hands, have stretched out the heavens, and all their hosts have I commanded. The long and short of that is uh, we, have, we have no business striving with our maker. Uh, the Bible says elsewhere in the book of Romans, uh, Nay, but, O man, who art thou that repliest against God? Shall the thing that formed say uh, to him that formed it, Why hast thou made me thus? Uh, God's thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our, our ways. They're higher uh, and uh, and uh, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Uh, we, uh, we don't have the mind of God. Uh, we are not God. We're not going to win in a battle. But, but we will constantly, constantly question God. When God tells us to do something, man, we, got, we have an excuse for everything under the sun. I mean, today, in today's Christianity... You can, you can find churches, preachers, whatever. I talked about this in Sunday school. I mean, sky's the limit. You can do whatever it is you want to do uh, and live any old way you want to live. Uh, and it's just going to be fine with that church community. Uh, and, and, and that's what it is. You don't have to, you, if you want to find a church that doesn't preach the Bible and, and doesn't have any rules, you can find one. And you say, if, 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 if you know, I can't find, if you need a referral, I can give you a referral. I can tell you right where they are. And, uh, and I can even, some of them, I can tell you when they changed. All right? And so there, is, there are churches all across our county, uh, this state, this uh, country world, uh, that, uh, I mean, you can find anything. You want to find a church that preaches it's okay to, uh, to, to drink, it's okay to carouse, it's okay to whatever, you can find them. You can actually find churches that do all that, those things in their services. Okay? If you don't believe me, uh, I'll give you some, uh, some things to Google uh, afterwards, and, and, and you will find out really quick uh, that there's all kinds of churches uh, there. And they're not churches, by the way. Let me just say that. Uh, they're not churches. We cannot strive against God. Uh, we can't negotiate with Him. We can't question. But you know who has been trying to do that since the beginning of the time? People. Uh, from the Garden of Eden till, till the Lord comes back, uh, and we get find our, our place at the end of like where the book of Malachi uh, is saying things are going to end up. 
uh, that whole time, uh, people question. Uh, I want to look at a couple of statements, and we began with the thought of it in verse number 17 of Malachi in chapter number 2. And this phrase, uh, I think, is uh, the usual skeptical objection that most Christians give God. Let me explain that as we read it again in Malachi chapter number 2 and verse number 17. Ye have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, wherein have we wearied him? There's two phrases in there that we find throughout the book of Malachi, and I'm going to point out each one uh, and just bring us to a conclusion uh, for our service time this morning. Uh, But again, it's going to be uh, continued into our thoughts uh, for our service uh, this evening, so please be back. Uh, But it's that phrase, yet ye say, ye say, God says something to us, yet ye say. Um, uh, and, uh, and, and we've always got to have the last word, don't we? Uh, and I have, uh, I've, uh, uh, I remember one time uh, in my office and somebody was reading me the riot act and, and, uh, and, uh, and finally I, I, I had to just say, you know what, it's time for you to leave. Uh, it, was a, it was a bad situation. I've talked about it here uh, before. Uh, and, and so uh, he got up. Uh, and uh, he said something to me, uh, and, uh, and so I responded. And here's he said, you always got to have the last word, don't you? I said, yes. <laughs> and, I made, and I made sure on the way out that everything he said, I had something to say afterwards. Uh, and, and, and that's just how we are. We've got to have, have the last words. God says something, and then we, then we got to say something back. God says, do this, uh, but you say, oh, I don't have to do it. Uh, God, and, and it's several times in here. So let's look at that phrase to begin with. And let's go back into, and we'll, we'll touch on verse number 17, but let's go back into chapter number one real quick uh, and in the book of Malachi. Uh, and again, a minor prophet, but there's so much stuff that's in here. It's not minor at all. Uh, and everything that we read about the children of Israel and Judah in this passage of scripture, uh, it applies to us today. We're the, same, we're the same kind of people. We treat God the exact same way. Uh, in verse number one, the Bible says, the burden of the word of the Lord of Israel, or to Israel by Malachi. Notice what it says. I have loved you, uh, say it the Lord. Yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Loved us. Was not Esau Jacob's brother, saith the Lord? Yet I loved Jacob, and I hated Esau, and laid his mountains and his heritage waste for the dragons of the wilderness. Uh, and where an Edom saith, uh, we are impoverished, but we will return, build the desolate places. I'll just stop reading right there. Uh, he says, I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Now, all of this, as you, we go through the book of Malachi, God is judging his children. Uh, God is pointing out that their expectation of blessing from Him is being met with a curse because they're doing everything the wrong way uh, and, uh, and God couldn't bless it. God will only bless worship that's acceptable to Him. God will, God will only bless uh, lives in, uh, in obedience uh, to His Word. It has been that way. God has never changed. He expects us to love Him. He expects us to obey Him from Genesis to Revelation. And so they were in a bad place in the book of Malachi, all right? Uh, and uh, they, were, they were upset uh, at how uh, other people got uh, and had, uh, but uh, they were struggling and under the judgment of God. And they were, they were basically slandering God throughout the whole book of Malachi because they didn't have anything. Uh, and, uh, and that's the end result usually of when we struggle 
uh, we begin to question God uh, and we begin to blaspheme God. We begin to blame God for a whole lot of things that happened in our life uh, that were simply the result of our own behavior. Uh, you do A, B happens. It's the natural consequence of doing A. Uh, but we think, well, God's doing this and God's doing that and, uh, and, and all, we've just directly disobeyed him. Now, back in the book of Amos, and you don't need to turn there, the opposite is true. The end result is the same, but in Amos, they were blessed. The Bible says they, they were at ease in Zion. Well, uh, let's just, uh, we're not very far. Just keep going left uh, in your Bible till you find Amos. Uh, and uh, in chapter number six, Amos in chapter number six, this is, Israel at this time was filled with conceit uh, and, and filled with ease. Uh, and God uh, basically said, woe to you. That was, uh, that was uh, not good language. That was a bad thing uh, for them uh, to hear uh, you know, God saying. He says in verse number one of Amos 6, Woe to them that are ease in Zion and trust in the mountain of Samaria, which are named chief of, of the nations, to whom the house of Israel came. He says, Pass ye to Kelna and see, and thence go ye to Hamath the great, then go down to Gath the Philistines. Be they better than these kingdoms, or their borders greater than your borders? Ye that put away the evil day and cause the seed of violence to come near. Uh, they, they had thought um, the judgment of God was so far off. We write about that in verse number 17 in Malachi. Uh, and uh, they were living it up, a life of ease, laying on beds of ivory, stretching themselves upon the couches, the Bible says in verse number four, eating lambs out of the flock and calves out of the midst of the stall, chanting to the sound of the vial, and they've invented themselves instruments of music like David's, drinking wine in boils and uh, bowls and anointing themselves with ointments, etc., etc. But they, the Bible says, they are not grieved for the affliction of Joseph. So God says, woe to them, they're at ease. So in a time where they thought they were the greatest, God pointed out several places that, that had bigger walls, uh, and bigger fortresses and basically saying, you, you better not be um, resting on your laurels. Uh, and he says, woe to them, they're at ease. Uh, but but the, the indulgence that comes when we have much, uh, the end result of the judgment of God being far off uh, was the same as when they didn't have anything, as we read about in the book of Malachi. The end result is the same. Uh, that's why God says some things in the Bible about us having um, food uh, uh, wherewith we're to be content. Uh, asking God uh, to give us uh, just enough uh, so that we're, we're not, uh, uh, you know, uh, blessed into a sense of false sense of comfort uh, or that we had too little uh, that we might curse uh, the Lord. Uh, and, and God wants us to, in whatsoever state we're in uh, to be content. But we're never content. Uh, and we want we want. Uh, what we want, and, and if you were to examine your prayer life, your prayer life pretty much is a big list of wants. God, give me this, and God, give me that. Some of it has to do with stuff. Uh, some of it has to do with people. Some of it has to do with jobs, uh, health. Uh, but it's really, God, give me, give me, give me, uh, and that's the extent of our prayers. We pray when we need something from God, we pray. Uh, and, and that's the natural uh, thing uh, about us as Christians uh, so he says, uh, you, you know, I loved you. And he says, wherein, yet ye say, wherein have ye loved us? Um, you, you, it says, I loved Jacob and hated Esau. Uh, and when you read all that, you understand it says one was blessed more than the other. It's not that he hated like what we understand the word hate. Uh, it's that favor was on one and favor was not on, uh, on the other. Uh, and, and what we do is we compare 
God's love for us or his proclamation of his love towards us for his love for other people. Um, I've illustrated this before when uh, Brother Shiflet had called me one time and said that uh, God had given him a new truck, uh, and he says he loves me like I'm his only child, uh, and I said he loves me like I'm his red-headed ste- uh, stepchild. Uh, and uh, and what, I was, what we were illustrating at that point was, well, God loves you more than he loves me because God gave you a new truck, right? And that's how we compare it. Um, and it happens, when, it starts when you're a kid, when, when you know, your brother, your sister got an ice cream cone and you didn't. Well, you love, you love him more than you love me because you do more for them and you give them more. And we become envious at the prosperity of our wicked sister uh, uh, or wicked brother. Uh, and, and that's just, and it's been, it's been that way since the beginning. But there's those words. God says, I love you. And, and yet ye say, wherein have you loved me? Now, everyone, how many in here believe that from an intellectual standpoint, the Bible, that God loves you? All right? God, God loves you. Now, who would be honest and to say some, uh, you, within the last year, have felt like God didn't love you? Am I the, I'm the only one? You, a bunch of liars in here. When we have the, when we have the uh, uh, invitation, you all better be up here praying, God, to forgive you. Because um, you have. You don't want to admit it because uh, there's something you need from God. And uh, you don't want to bite the end, but, but if you were honest, you would have to say that there's been times where you feel like God doesn't love you and that God loves somebody else more than he loves you. God has proven himself to them. God has shown himself to them. God is answering their prayers and not yours. Uh, and, uh, and I know that's true because I've talked to many of you about it. And it's just, I just don't feel like, I don't feel the presence of God. Uh, and uh, uh, God is far from me. And, uh, and we've spent a lot of time in preaching on that very subject. I have loved you, saith the Lord, yet ye say, wherein hast thou loved us? Uh, and, uh, and we question the love of God. And so the very thing, God, God I love you. And we got we to gotta question about whether or not he loves us or not. Oh, do you really, Lord? Because if you, if you love me, you wouldn't put me through this trial. When we know from the Bible that the reason he's putting us through that trial is because he loves us. He chastens us because he loves us. Uh, what it, the Bible says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort. That rod uh, and uh, the staff of the shepherd uh, and the cudgel, that rod the, the, where he would you know, knock the sheep on the head. Both of them are a comfort. And, I, and, and, and if, if I can be transparent... Um, the presence of God in my life is more real uh, in, in times of trouble than in times of blessing. Because just like you, when things are going good, I pray less. When things are just, everything's popping, everything's, everything's on the, uh, uh, in the right place, uh, then, uh, then we can get really comfortable. We can live on beds of ease, so to speak. Uh, and God says, be careful. Uh, and uh, uh, don't think too highly of yourself. So we, we even question uh, the love. We, they did it, uh, and, uh, and we, we do it as well. Turn to chapter number two real quick, uh, and to kind of give you an idea of what's taking place here, God is telling them, um, you better give God your best. Uh, he says, where's my honor? Where's my fear? Uh, and uh, in chapter number one, uh, they polluted uh, the, the altar of God. They wouldn't do anything in the service of God unless they received something for it, these priests. Now, uh, in, uh, this is a great application for me as a preacher, uh, but you are also believer priests, uh, and it's applicable to you uh, as well. Uh, and uh, so, so God has uh, said in chapter number 1, let's say verse number 14, but cursed be the deceiver 
which hath in his flock a male, and voweth and sacrificeth unto the Lord a corrupt thing. See, when, when they worship God, they needed to bring their best, the best sheep, the best whatever. They need to be without blemish. Uh, and, uh, and, and what they were doing is they weren't, um, they weren't giving God the best. Now, I, I try to practice this even in a practical way here. Like, let's say next door at the missions apartment. Uh, everything over there is brand new. Uh, and the reason it's, it's brand new uh, is because I want to, for those missionaries, people stay in there, I don't want them to have our leftovers. Okay? Uh, because that's the MO uh, in most ministries that I've ever been involved with, right? Uh, your refrigerator breaks down and you get a new one, so you bring, the, you bring your uh, broken down refrigerator and donate it to the church. Maybe the, maybe the church kitchen could use this broken refrigerator. It's not working for us, but are you following me? And so we, we were programmed to give God the leftovers of our time, of our talents, etc. cetera. Uh, we, we, uh, we understand the principle of first fruits, but we, but we don't live that way when it comes down to it. Uh, and God wants our best. They weren't giving God their best. And he said, he said, go give this to the governor. Will he accept it of your hand? The answer is no. And, and so the point is, so I should accept it of you? When you don't give your best um, to God, whatever you thought you were going to get for giving what you gave, uh, your expectation is not going to be met. So if God in his, in his spirit, for example, well, I said it's going to be a tithing message, but I'll throw another caveat out of there. Um, we, know what God, we know what God says a tithe is. Okay? So if, if, if you give less than what a tithe is, should you have an expectation of blessing? No. Uh, and uh, in fact, God doesn't hold the devourer back uh, and you struggle and struggle and you struggle in multiple places uh, in your life. There are some Christians I know who have struggled uh, with separation, have struggled with family, have struggled with all kinds of things. Uh, and, and part of the problem is, is they've never tithed as Christians for one reason or the other. They've never given. And when a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Uh, and uh, uh, and one, of the, one of the things that I'll, I'll never tolerate uh, as an independent from a Baptist pastor is this. Somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, um, um, we just, we just don't, we just don't, uh, we're not satisfied with the worship around here. I'm going to remind them, well, it's not for you. The worship's for God. Uh, and, uh, and then I'm going to check how they've been worshiping and they're given. And uh, because giving is worship. And, uh, and so there are all kinds of things that are worship, not just, not just praying or not just singing or whatever it is. Uh, and it's amazing to me how, uh, how easy we can put together uh, the, how people are so critical uh, about God and the things of God and worship, but they're not worshiping God. Uh, and they can't get victory in their life uh, because they're just holding on to, to things that God has said. God said, give your tithe, but ye say, I can't afford to tithe. Or I've got this or whatever. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot, of, a, a lot of application to be made there. But in verse number uh, uh, 14 of chapter number 2, it says, Yet ye say, Wherefore, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and, and with the wife of thy youth, against whom thou hast dealt treacherously, yet is she thy companion and the wife of thy covenant. Now, that verse there is smack dab after, verse 14 is after what? Verse number what? 13, and God says, and this have ye done again, covering the altar of the Lord with tears and weeping and with crying out insomuch that he regardeth not the offering anymore or receive it with goodwill at your hand. What was going on was is that they were worshiping God with their 
leftovers, uh, and, and they were offering it to God in sin. So he says, I'm not going to accept it of your hand. So not only does what we offer to God need to be what he wants from us in worship, uh, but it also needs to be given to him uh, in worship God with, with, with holy hands. So from the beginning of time, people didn't enter into the presence of God unclean. Uh, and yet somehow today we think that we can just um, live like the devil and then, and then, and then get our worship on, on Sunday. Uh, and it's just not, it's just not true. Um, I, I'm, God's going to bless me because I went to church today. No, he isn't. He's going he's to bless you if you worship him in spirit and truth. He's going he's to bless you if, if your heart's right with him and, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and you're letting the word of God speak to you and, you're, and you come with a, a yes on your heart and not a no on your heart, uh, but also not coming in and it's like, okay, God, uh, uh, let's, uh, let's, uh, the Bible says, come let us reason together. And so, and so you sit there the whole time negotiating with God. You ain't going to win. You can't win. Uh, God says this to them. He said, you are offering things. I can't accept it of your hand. And the reason why, they, says, they said, why aren't you? And he says, yet ye say, wherefore? And he says, because the Lord hath been witness between thee and thy wife of thy youth, because they were putting away and because they were living in adultery. He says, I can't, I can't accept your offering. And uh, so God says, this is how I want you to, what I want you to give me. And here's how I want you to give it to me. Uh, and yet we, we question God and think, well, uh, God's just going to have to accept any kind of worship that I give him. And it's just not true. Um, and uh, the, I mentioned in Sunday school, there are, uh, there are several churches that people that we know in whatever uh, have, they're launching today, new churches, uh, and, and they are, they're not churches. Uh, and, and what they're doing uh, is uh, um, the world might love it, but I think it's going to make God sick. Uh, and, uh, and you say, that's a pretty harsh statement. I serve the God that we read about in chapter number four. Uh, that is the same God that's all the way through the Old Testament and New Testament. It's, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And, and, and we can't just hang a shingle somewhere and call ourselves a church. And by the way, they're not Baptists. They didn't even put Baptists in there. Uh, and they're using all kinds of different versions of the Bible. They're using all kinds. Of, it's, a, it's just an absolute uh, mess. But we're offering it to God, and then God's just going to have to accept it. He doesn't. He will only accept worship that's acceptable to him. It doesn't matter how, how sincere you are in your worship. If it's unacceptable to him, he's not going to accept it. He can't because of who he is and his character. I will not accept it of your hand. The Bible says even the prayer, uh, the prayer of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. Do you realize there are people who pray to God in the very prayer that they're praying? God hates it. It's an abomination. That's what it says in the Bible. And so for us to think we can just do any old thing that we want to in our worship and God's going to be cool with it, it's the furthest thing from the truth. And we are hurting ourselves in the process. Now, it might feel good. Brother Schwanke alluded to uh, the praise and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and, uh, but worship is more than you know, the worship set at a church and the praise singing and whatever. And in their defense, and I just said this recently, our, our, we can sing a hymn, uh, from, you know, in an independent Fundamental Baptist church and it is, and it is less worthy to God uh, than, than, the, than some of the worship that we preach against because our hearts are not in it 
and we're, we're, we are disengaged uh, and in sin uh, and we're offering worship to God in song that we're not even thinking about the words and we're thinking about lunch and, and, that's, and it's a shame to us. But that's God's warning us about it here in this passage. Let's look at another one. Got to go quickly. Malachi chapter number 2, verse number 17. He says, you have wearied, this is part of our text, you have wearied the Lord with your words, yet ye say, wherein have we wearied him? You know, when I read this, uh, and uh, I, I kind of, uh, in, in my mind, when it says, ye have wearied the Lord with your words, uh, I just kind of look at that like, um, he's, he's sick of hearing my excuses. He's, he, the, he's, he's wearied uh, at uh, that he, he, he says something, uh, and then, but you say, uh, and Bob, you always got to have the last word. I told you, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, uh, but, but you say, uh, you know, it's okay uh, to miss this many services a year. Uh, I, I said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. But ye say, uh, and I could go on and on and on and on what God says, but we always got to come back because we got to have the last word. We negotiate with God. Uh, and what it does uh, is it's a stench in the nostril of God and he's wearied at it. He says, you've wearied me with your words. I, I, I was, I was uh, uh, listening to a conversation yesterday and I got wearied. I got wearied with the words. Too many words. On and on and on. You know, you've been there. It's just, please stop talking. Wearied. God wants us to stop talking uh, in wearying. And, and, and so you say, he says, you wearied me with your words, but you say, wherein have we wearied him? And that's the other phrase that's in there. If you go back and we won't for sake of time, uh, but uh, uh, you've done this. And, and they kept questioning what God was saying. He said, wherein have we? It's, it's ye um, uh, yet ye say, and wherein have we? Those are the two phrases you find throughout this book. God says, uh, you've heard me with your words. And, and, and what were they saying? They were saying that everyone that doeth evil is good in the sight of the Lord. Isn't that where we're at today? Amen. Calling that which is evil good and, and, and good evil. Um, what was going on was because, because God said to them that he, in chapter number two, uh, he says, uh, in verse number two, if you will not hear and if you will not lay it to your heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you and I will curse your blessings. Yea, I have cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. Uh, their expectation of blessing, I worship in, we're doing all the things we're supposed to do and God, you're not blessing me. And what happens is, is they begin to look at everybody else who was getting stuff and they were blaspheming God and slandering him. Uh, they, were, they were saying that, he, that God delighted in them. Verse number 17, uh, where is the God of judgment? Uh, where, 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 where is God? You know, you're, you're not blessing us, you're blessing them. Uh, and it was wearying God. He was tired uh, of their complaining. Uh, they'd, they'd worn out God's patience with their murmuring and discontent. Uh, because their expectations of prosperity and glory weren't fulfilled. Uh, and so when that happened, they began to question God's justice and His holiness and His future judgment. Uh, just, like, just like they did in, when it was good in Amos or when it was bad in Malachi, they were questioning the future judgment of God. Uh, and we begin to be behave and live uh, like God's not coming back. Now, how many of you believe God could come back in a moment? And it's when, before this service is done, God could come, God could come back. And, 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 and how many believe that the Bible says uh, that if we sin willfully, there's a fearful looking for a judgment? Uh, that if we have unconfessed sin in our life and not living for God, that we're going to stand before Him and suffer loss. If you're saved, you're not going to go to hell. 
uh, but there's wood, hay, and stubble, and there's all kinds of things. So when we, we read the book of Amos, we prepare to meet God. Every day, we should be living like God is coming back today, anytime, and I want to be ready for him to come back. So I'm going to be right with God and try to be right with others as much as life in me is. Uh, and keep short accounts with God because he's coming back. But when, but, but when you get when, uh, in this place, uh, you begin to think God's not coming back. And you just do whatever it is that you want to do. Uh, I'll give you one more and then we're going to have to uh, close it up. Look at Malachi chapter number uh, 3 in uh, verse number 13. Your words have been stout against me, saith the Lord. Yet ye say... We have, what have we spoken so much against thee? So God says, he basically, uh, if, if I, I say, God said, you're getting a little bit too lippy. A little bit too big for your britches uh, would be a way uh, that some of you could relate uh, uh, to the saying. Uh, you, your words are too stout against me. Who do you think you are talking to me like that? That's what God's saying. And they said, they said you know, what are you talking about? Uh, but you say, wherein, uh, or excuse me, what have we spoken so much against you? Notice what it says, verse 14. Ye have said, it is vain to serve God. And what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance uh, and that we have walked mournfully uh, before the Lord of hosts? And now we call the proud happy, yea, uh, that uh, they that, are, are, that work wickedness are set up, uh, yea, that, uh, that tempt God are even delivered. What, the, what there says, what good does it do us, God, to do all this stuff that you tell us to do if you're not going to give us a little something, something. That's what it is. Because we're not being blessed, because we're not getting what we want, uh, because, because it's just not turning out our way, uh, then it's, just all, uh, it's all in vain. And if you don't think that's true, I know dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of casualties uh, in, uh, in their Christian life uh, because God, God's, not, God's not just doing uh, what they think uh, that he should do. Pastor, I'm praying this would happen, and it's not. And they're questioning their faith in God, whatever. And they just quit. They just quit on God. It's vain. Why go to church? Uh, they, these people, when we read about them in chapter number one, who wouldn't even light a candle in the house of God if they didn't receive something from it. When we read that, uh, we should be appalled. That they wouldn't do anything for God unless they received something from it. But how far from that very truth are we? When, when, when we don't get what, what we want, we want to take our toys and go home. What, it's vain. And God, God says, you, your, your words towards me are stout. Uh, take it this way. There, something that God never wants to hear from you uh, is, why are they getting blessed and I'm not? I go to church all the time, God, and, I'm at, and I teach Sunday school and I ride the bus route and I sing in the choir and you ain't blessing me. Don't, don't ever talk to God like that uh, because you're missing the, missing the whole point. By the way, somebody else's success should be your success. Somebody else's blessing, you should be, you should be blessed. Somebody, God blesses them with a good job. You ought to praise God for that and, uh, and, uh, and, and, and love them and not despise them or be envious at them, uh, both the wicked and the saved. Uh, and uh, because, because God, God, by the way, he'll only give you what you can handle. And most of the time uh, where we don't have stuff in our life is because we've failed to be faithful uh, in little, and God doesn't give us much. So it could be the reason you or I don't have a whole lot of money. 
uh, is because we've not been faithful with the money that God's already given us. And so when somebody, when somebody is blessed in, in whatever, um, don't be resentful. Be thankful. Be happy for them. Uh, and, uh, and I believe that will honor uh, the Lord. Uh, but, but we question God. And, when, and when, it, when we're not blessed, we give up. We don't even want to try. Um, uh, I can illustrate this way. Uh, when I was, um, <clears throat> I, I guess it was fifth grade, uh, fifth and sixth grade hoop club. Now, I've, 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 I've not always been this tall, okay? Uh, and uh, one time I was a whole lot shorter uh, than I am now even. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but I love basketball. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and as I got older, I could play. In fifth grade, not so much. And so I had this coach, and his name was uh, Sonny. And uh, Sonny, but he was mean, and he was, uh, he'd yell at us and, uh, and uh, cuss at us and everything else. Uh, but we had a pretty good team. But here's the thing about, about all that. I mean, we would run and run and run and run uh, in practices and never touch a ball. I mean, I think for the first six practices we practiced, there, I didn't see a basketball in the room. All we did was run sprints and run and run and jump and touch the walls and uh, it said and run and run and run. Uh, well, when it, comes, you know, uh, when it comes time to play, I didn't start. And uh, because I wasn't starting, I didn't want to put the work in at practice. Here's what I thought. What's, why is, it ain't worth it. If I'm not going to get this, then I'm not going to put in the effort here. And, from the, from the, and, and by the way, I, that would, is probably built into my character long before fifth and sixth grade hoop club. Uh, and it was there, and it's present to this day. If, if I'm not going to get out of something that I want to get out of it, uh, then it's vain, it's unprofitable, and so I'm not going to try. And so you know, want to know why a lot of Christians just dial it in every Sunday and show up to church and don't serve God and whatever? Uh, it's because, uh, you know, I, I, I tithed and it didn't work. Um, because, I, you know, I've, I've witnessed and people didn't get saved. Um, you know, I gave the faith promise, and God, God didn't bless me. And so why do it? You know I'm telling the truth. That's exactly where a lot of Christians are at. God says it, but you say, you say back, and you've got a reason and an excuse for everything. And I don't have to go down any more lists of stuff. You know exactly what they are. And, but we serve a God. Uh, and as God works uh, us through the book of Malachi and then reminds us uh, that there's a day of judgment coming, he's saying all of that as a lead up to that statement in chapter number four. God, God could come back today. And, uh, and um, um, in fact, there's a lot of things that we don't think about. Brother Schwanke alluded to several different times when he talked about uh, there's a time uh, when God's going to wipe away tears and stuff. You realize that that doesn't happen right away? It, it hasn't happened yet. So, so the people that you know that have, have, have gone on to be with the Lord, absent body, be present with the Lord, uh, they still have a, an old body that's in a grave somewhere. And, and, uh, and I don't know how, I'll, but, but, but that's prophetic. That's what it's talking about in the future. And there's a coming day. And, uh, and God, God is, uh, our Christianity needs to be serious business. It needs to be. Um, and it will never be if you keep questioning him. 
So what should we do, Pastor? When you go to your Bible and God says do something, you just do it. You don't come with all the reasons why you're exempt from it. Well, God doesn't, you know, God's a God of love and God doesn't, he wouldn't expect this. God, the behold, the day cometh, uh, the Bible says that shall burn as an oven. And, and, and all the proud day and all that do wickedly shall be stubble. That's the God of the Bible. Not some rainbows and unicorn God that just is just okay with everything that you, you, know, you want to do as long as you're sincere in doing it. Because there's a whole lot of sincerity by people in the book of, uh, of Malachi that God says, no, no, I don't want that. And talk about vain uh, is, is, is going to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and, 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 and worshiping a God of my own imagination. Uh, and, uh, and, and just making stuff up on the fly, heart's not in it or whatever, uh, that's pretty vain. Um, and it's pretty haughty. Uh, so what, what do I need to do? Uh, I, need to, I need to find out who God of the, Bi- the God of the Bible is, and that's who I need to worship. And the worship that I offer him needs to be scriptural worship. And it needs to come from somebody with a pure heart and clean hands. Uh, which means I got a lot of work to do and to, to come willy-nilly uh, in, 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 into, into church and, and stuff. It's, it's, I, don't even, I don't even want to get in a pulpit uh, and, uh, and, and, and not be right with the Lord. I want to walk in this church. There's every, every time I get here, every Sunday, every service, before every service, I spend a little time in prayer making sure I'm right with the Lord. I don't want to be, I don't want to, I don't want to come in here and, and offer worship to God and, and, and put on a front. And neither should you. So stop questioning God. See us.